How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, I will say, I believe Caleb might not be here today. The crosses will be, but I think he has the flu, so pray for him. Um, I have good news and bad news for you. So Indiana plays at noon today. That's both. The bad news is I don't know what that will mean for my message because sometimes I don't even want to see them anymore. So we'll see. Uh, But today, uh, as you saw, we had so many confirmation students. Let's give the students another hand. Last night we had the dinner, and so they had a chance to share their statements of faith, and it was so cool, uh, not just to hear them yesterday, but to watch the process of them learning about their faith and and putting it all together in those statements, and it's such an amazing thing that we do here, And, and one of the things I challenged everyone last night, not just the students, was think about your own statement of faith, like what you would put if you had to do such a thing, like if next week we had everyone here come forward and read their statements of faith. Now, the attendance would probably be way down, but uh, it would be, it's such a cool thing because, and this is to confirmation to everyone, as we know, when you are in the world, whether it's school, work, life, whatever it is, you're going to face storms. You're going to face people who, who believe differently, people who don't believe anything, people who just want to tear you down. And so the fir- more firm your foundation, the more you know about what you believe, the stronger that is, the more you know why, the, the better able you are to face those storms. And, and so that's what I want to talk about today through one of my favorite stories in the Bible, something involving Peter, involving Jesus, involving storms, and it's such a cool thing. Uh, before I start reading, I want you to not jump ahead. Now, I say this sometimes because there are some stories in the Bible that we hear a lot and we know and they've been preached on before, but I remind you that these are real people, and so it's a real thing, and so just be in the story as I read it, and so this is in Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Uh, This is taking place right after the feeding of the 5,000. That's one of the most amazing miracles of Jesus, where he he not only fed people literally with with bread and water that he had multiplied from a little boy's work, but also uh, through spiritually, like he spoke to them, he gave them. Some of them, it was their first time to hear him speak. And so everyone there, and and that's just 5,000 men, so they're probably like 10,000 people. Everyone there was in kind of a messianic uproar. Like they were like, this guy is for real. This guy is amazing. And so Jesus, who always had his eyes on the Father, who always had his eyes on what's best, who was always an example, led the disciples away and were like, hey, now is the time not to get caught up in this, but to remember why we are here and who we are serving. So I want you to go focus. I want you to go to quiet time. I want you to go and pray. And so Jesus did the same thing. He, he wanted all of them to have a time to focus for what is coming because he knew everything that was coming. And so he wanted them to prepare, to know that someday the storms were going to come back, that someday things were going to be difficult again, that someday the same crowd that right now is yelling, hey, you're the Messiah, you're the Savior, would also be yelling, crucify him. And so he wanted them to prepare for that because he set the example. 
And so they're, on, they're in the boat on the Sea of Galilee, which is known for sudden storms. And so they would pop up, and it could be good, it could be bad. This is one of the bad ones. And so as the disciples are there, I don't know if anybody's ever been on a cruise. It seems like a bad idea lately in the news. But if you've ever been on a boat in the... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave my comment there, but it's not something I'm going to do. But it's, you're there, and you have nowhere to go when things happen. This is why I drive and not fly or sail. Also, Ohio's landlocked. But aside from that, uh, so they're there, and the storms pop up, and it's crazy. And, and these are like wooden boats. This isn't like, I was going to use the Titanic as an example, which would be bad. Although I will say that like three people can fit on that boat, so on that door that she stole from Leonardo. But <laughs> scientifically proven. But so the storm pops up. And so they felt fear because of the storm. Uh, even, and this is amazing because I think we would all in this position feel the same and we have felt the same. But imagine that this is right after they saw him multiply. Like, Five loaves, of, five loaves of bread and two fish and multiply them so much and do this amazing miracle. They'd seen miracle after miracle and then they're scared of a storm, which again we do because fear changes us. Uh, throughout the Bible, one of the, the most frequent commands from God and Jesus is do not fear. Don't give in to fear because he knows that fear changes us because when we feel fear, we kind of start to exaggerate the danger, even if it's legitimate danger, like we'll exaggerate it, it becomes a worst case scenario. And even worse, we forget that there are solutions, we just get so scared, we get so caught up, we lose our focus, we just look at the storms around us and we don't look in front of us at Jesus. And so they were feeling that. Uh, when I was in college, uh, I was back, I, I was living with my great grandma, taking care of her and you know, going back and forth. And I remember getting up to go to the bathroom, don't worry, not a gross story. But I, it was in, like, I looked down as I walked in, and I see, like, this black spot in the floor that was, like, this big. Although, probably it was, like, this big. And, and it was moving because it was a spider. Now, you know that I'm a Spider-Man fan, and a lot of people love the irony that I'm kind of scared of spiders. He doesn't look like a spider. But anyway, so I see that. And I immediately, like the fear takes over me, just like the disciples. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so some of you are like, well, you step on it, or you do this, you do that. My very first thought, and I am not kidding, my very first thought was, okay, we use a brick as a doorstop. I'm going to go grab that brick and just drop it on it. Now, that isn't the best solution for a lot of reasons. So I go in there, and I'm like frozen a little bit above it, and I drop it. And the spider, basically, the wind catches it because I missed, because I'm not a great brick thrower. And the wind catches it, and the spider pops up towards me, and I scream. And so my 80-some-year-old great-grandmother came in and killed a spider for me in college. And so that is, that is what fear can do. And so that's what the disciples are fearing, feeling right now. And yet, Jesus heard those prayers. He hears every prayer. And so when they called out to him, he came straight to them. Now, the miracle was amazing, him walking on the water. But he didn't do it to show off. He didn't do it just for the miracle. He did it to show them his mastery over the world, but also because that was the direct path to them. Because he knew exactly what they needed. He knew what they needed to say. See, he knew they needed him. And so he goes to them. And then they didn't recognize him because the fear had changed them. Uh, do you remember magic eye puzzles from back in the day? Like they're these weird 3D things that I am convinced have nothing in them and a few people have decided to prank me. But you'd look at them and you'd have to look at them in a certain way or else you saw nothing. 
uh, for some of you, for people in Ohio apparently, uh, the same thing goes with intersections. Like you can look and you apparently don't see any cars coming, but, but it's, it's something where we sometimes are so close to the problem and so covered in fear that we don't see the solution, we don't recognize it. And so the disciples are so caught up in the storm, so caught up in the fear that they didn't even recognize Jesus coming forward. But like for us, we're like, well, who else would be walking on the water? But they see that and he still comes and he still walks to them. He still loves them. And so we go to verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked to the water toward Jesus. Peter was always bold. One of the things you'll see from from watching Peter's story throughout the Gospels is he was always bold. He wasn't always thoughtful, and sometimes he jumped before thinking, and and so it went poorly for him, but he was always bold. And so in this moment, he shows up such strong faith. Now, with the storms and everything, and he'd just been caught in fear, we don't know what was on his mind, why he decided to, to test everything here and say, I'm going to walk on water. But this is where I don't want you to jump ahead, because right here, And this is not just important to the story, not just important to Peter's life. This is vital to our lives because he did walk on water. He walked on water. This is a human being, a person, a disciple. And he looked at Jesus. Everything else around him, he ignored. He focused on Jesus. He heard Jesus call and he walked on water. Because if we are looking at Jesus, if we see Jesus, if he is everything in front of us, if we are focused on him, there is literally nothing we cannot do. We can accomplish anything in him. And so it's important, despite what comes next, that Peter did succeed. He walked on water. He performed a miracle because of Jesus. Now we jump to the next verse. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Again, he did succeed. He did walk on water. Looking at Jesus, he walked forward. But then he started to hear the whispers around him. He started to hear the sounds of the storms around him. He started to maybe hear the disciples say, wow, I can't believe he can do this. Wow, this is amazing. And he started to doubt And he started to feel fear again. And he looked away from Jesus. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he sank. Because no matter what we can do, once we take our eyes off of Jesus, once we remove our focus from him. And so Peter had a but then moment. Because so many of our problems in life are but then. Where we're going strong. And we feel good. And we feel the faith. And we're we're living for Jesus. We're focused on him. But then. But then storms pop up. But then People say bad things, but then there's struggles, there's trouble. And so Peter felt that. And so even in his boldness, in his strong faith, when he looked away from Jesus for just a moment, he sank because he had lost that faith, because he had doubted, because he heard the voices, because he heard everything. And what is doubt? Like, why do we doubt? We doubt because a solution isn't perfect. We doubt because someone or something has failed us before. We doubt because we don't know if there's any way through, because something or someone has changed. Something or someone has failed us. Well, God doesn't fit any of those things. God never changes. God is perfect. God never fails. God always promises to be there for us, and so he is. And even here, even here, where Peter failed, he succeeded 
But then he failed. Where he had strong faith and then he lost it. He doubted, he feared. Even here, as soon as he called out to Jesus, he was there. No matter what happens in our lives, no matter how we deal with the storms, no matter what we do, he is there. God never changes and he will never give up. He won't let us sink if we call him out. Now, a lot of times in our lives, uh, we give up because we will be walking strong. Like I said, we'll be doing wonderful and then storms will hit and it's like, man, this just stinks. Life is so hard. Everything is, is awful. And then we'll sink and we'll feel like a stubborn pride. Like, I got to pull myself up myself. Like, I got to do this myself. I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not going to seek help. I'm not going to call out to Jesus. And in those cases, we drown. And yet, Jesus is there just saying, hey, I am literally standing right here on the water. The storms are there, but I am too. And that's what Peter found, because even when many in the world would say, ah, you tried and you failed, you're gone. Jesus was like, okay. You know, you need to work on your faith. You need to grow stronger, but I'm here and I'm going to help you. And so he helped him. There are so many troubles around us from various times. There are so many struggles that we face in life. So many struggles we face in school. So many struggles we face emotionally. Uh, so many struggles we face financially uh, with other people. All kinds of things. Now, most of the people here probably won't walk on water. But I'm going to challenge you this week, go find a pool, not an icy place, and walk on it. Just trust him and see what happens. And I want you to video that and let me see it. <laughs> but, but most of us probably won't walk on water. But we will have storms. We will have moments where we feel that fear, that doubt, that worry. And so sometimes that's from coworkers, from family, from friends. Sometimes it's from people we don't know. Sometimes it's from the ever negative presidential election stuff that's already started. Sometimes it's from life. Sometimes it's from financial problems, from pain, from suffering. Sometimes it's from us. And the storms are always there. The, I have a picture of Stevie, several pictures of Stevie. This is my dog. Possibly. Yes. Okay. This is Stevie. Now, I know some of you, some people tend to not understand pets. You think they're just dogs. And I will tell you this, it's okay to be wrong. But uh, Stevie is my family. And, and I'm not kidding here. Stevie is my family. Uh, I, I got her the, in 2009, which is a long time ago now. Uh, but I got her to keep my great-grandmother comfort. She had, Alzheimer's was setting in and, and it was difficult. She would be lonely at home. And I just started getting into the ministry and working at church, so I was gone a little bit more. And so Stevie was there for comfort. And it was amazing because Stevie had been forgotten. Basically, her owners before had her tied out uh, to a tree outside and they didn't really feed her. They had a dog they liked better inside, which is nuts because she's perfect most of the time. But... Uh, my great-grandma, she was so, my, Stevie was so good for her because my great-grandma, every single night, would pick her up and she was confused and she would say, where's the baby? Because she thought she was a baby. She would carry her to bed and she would set this little dog on the pillow, cover her up, and then Stevie would lay there. She would let her until my grandma fell asleep and then Stevie would run into my room and then my grandma would get up and run in there and grab her and that went back and forth for several hours. But... She was so good and so amazing, and she still is. She's still good. I just realized I'm using was. Um, but she has been there for me through my great-grandmother's death. Uh, I had her there on the last day in the nursing home, the Alzheimer's wing. 
Uh, she was there when I changed jobs and moved to Ohio. When I changed jobs, and, and I didn't really move because I was already here, but I came here. Uh, she's been there through suffering, through heartbreak, through hurts, through losses, through everything. And she's still there. Well, recently she was diagnosed with diabetes. And it's not necessarily a life-threatening thing if you treat it, but the treatment is, is difficult for both of us, more so for me probably. But every 12 hours I have to feed her and then give her a shot. Now she's very used to getting whatever she wants food-wise all the time. Uh, and so now she has to wait. Uh, and so that's kind of hard to hear her whimpering during the day because there's no way to explain to her, hey, this is for the good, this is for you. And then I have to pull up her back a little bit and give her a shot every 12 hours. So I have to be there at specific times. I have to get up every morning and be there every evening. And so it can be difficult. And giving her the shot, sometimes it's really hard, not just because it's hard for me to do, but she'll cry out in pain. Because again, she doesn't understand it. And she'll feel that. And she, it, it hurts. And then afterwards, she's just fine. Like, because she's like, okay, we're done. Give me a carrot because that's her only treats, which is kind of sad. But she'll be like, okay, we're good. And I'm like crying. Like, especially the first week, the first couple weeks, especially always, I'm basically crying the whole time because I'm, I made the cardinal mistake of looking on the internet to see what happens with dogs with diabetes. Uh, and, and then, like, I'm just always crying because it's so hard to give someone something you love uh, any moment of pain, even if it's for the good. And, and so this is a storm for me. It's something that's difficult. Uh, it's scary. It's expensive. Uh, every couple of weeks, we have to do a really expensive visit to test her. Um, it, it, it's hard. And as I said, I handle it worse than her. But sometimes we face things like this, where even when it's for the good, we only feel the pain. We only feel the storms. And I want to say this to you and to me. Uh, God did not say that the path before us is easy. He just said the path before us is. The path before us is there, and he will guide us along that path if we look to him, if we follow him. And, and sometimes things are going to be hard. Sometimes things are going to hurt. Sometimes things are going to be difficult. Sometimes the storms are, are, are your own storms, and those are hard enough. But like with Stevie, like with sometimes you have kids or family, sometimes the storms are someone else's and it's har even harder on you to carry because you know you can't do anything for them. You know you can't fix it. All you can do is pray. All you can do is be there. And so all of those things are so difficult. They're so hard. And sometimes you'll be walking along, again, wonderfully. You'll be walking on water. You'll, you'll have success. You'll have love. You'll have joy. Everything will be wonderful. You'll be worshiping. You'll, your church will be going amazing. Your life will be pretty good. And then all of a sudden, bam, you get hit in the face with a strong wind. And the storms just pop up out of nowhere. And you feel that fear. You feel that doubt. Peter, as I said, had a lot of big ups and downs. There's one part where, in like just a couple minutes, basically, uh, he, he is the first to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus says, who do you say I am? And Peter's like, you're the Messiah. You're, you're the chosen one. You're the Savior. And then a little bit after that, he's like, no, 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 Jesus, you're not going to die. You don't know what you're talking about. And Jesus literally says, get behind me, Satan. So like he had a lot of big ups and downs. He had a lot of moments where he was really strong, uh, where he would fight for Jesus. He was willing to grab a sword and stop them from arresting him. And yet, just a little bit later, he wouldn't even admit that he knew Jesus because of fear, because of doubt. Our lives are going to be like that sometimes. There's going to be so much back and forth, so much up and down. But over the course of his life, over the course of our lives, he learned. 
And so I want to read from 1 Peter verse, or chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. So be truly glad. Uh, there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I like to believe that, that as Peter wrote this, he's remembering that day on the Sea of Galilee. He's remembering the moment where he walked on water miraculously, and then he looked away from Jesus and he sank. He's remembering those storms. Often, because of the way life is, because of the way everybody kind of treats you awful sometimes, because of the way everything is uh, go, 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 or up and down, and there's no really stability, we start to think that anytime something bad happens, it's God punishing us. It's like, well, I deserve this. I deserve this to happen. God's just coming down on me again. That's not what's happening. You see, life is hard. And sometimes we face tremendous struggles and tremendous suffering. But in those struggles, in that suffering, God is there not punishing us, but saying, hey, I can help you. I will help you. I will help others. I will give you the lesson. I will help you to walk on water again. I will help you to, to look at me. He is always there waiting, guiding, giving second chances, giving third chances. If we just look to him, there is no shortage of danger, of storms around us. If I were to stop right now and have everybody list things that, that are on your mind, worries, struggles, fears, everyone here would be able to list a lot of things. And a lot of them would be similar, but a lot of them would be very different because there's a lot going on in the world that is hard. And yet, all of us also share this one solution. God, who is teaching us through those moments. God, who is teaching us through those struggles. God, who is helping us see past it. Helping us walk through. He is there always. And without his storms, without his failures, Peter would not have become the rock of the church. But because of that, not just because of the failures, but because of the fact he was willing to look to Christ and learn. Because that's the key. Not just say, man, life stinks. But to say, okay, this is really hard. What can I learn from this? Now that doesn't mean that you won't still feel pain. It doesn't mean you won't still feel sad. It doesn't mean that it won't still be hard to go through. But you go through it with the, the thought in mind, okay, this is hard. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. I am going to get through this with Jesus. And that's what Peter did. And he became the rock of the church. He became so bold, so strong. He became one of the leaders, one of the, the most influential Christians of all time. The same man who sank and embarrassed himself. The same man who doubted Jesus became strong and, and amazing because he did not let that stop him. He got up, he let Jesus pick him up, he walked forward, he continued to go. And I guarantee that, that even once he was strong and bold, he still had moments of weakness, still had moments where it was hard, still had moments where the storms knocked him down. But he knew that Jesus would always help him up because God is always there. Sometimes it's hard to find reason in what we face. 
Sometimes it's kind of easy. Like I can look back in my life and think of different moments uh, where I started really struggling with depression, uh, where I lost my grandmother, where I, I dealt with a bunch of different things. I can see, okay, I understand what God is doing through this. Uh, it hurts and it's hard, but I understand what I, I learned. I understand why this happened. Sometimes it's really hard and we can't find reason. And those times are sometimes the hardest because it's like, I, d I don't know, the storm's never going to stop. And sometimes because of that, because we can't find reason, because we can't do A to B, we look away. We take our eyes off Jesus and we start to sink. Maybe you're in that moment right now. Maybe you're feeling that right now with everything going on in your life. But you don't have to go underwater. It's hard, but if you just stop and you look back to Jesus, he's not going to say, well, you shouldn't have looked away. You're on your own now. He's going to say, good. Now, what have you learned? Come to me. And that's what he did with Peter. That's what he does with each of us. That's what he does with me. Do not let the noise, the storms, the, the sounds of someday turn you away from him. It's going to be hard at times. I wish that I could tell you that after this message, everybody's going to keep their eyes on Jesus and everything around you is going to be perfect. It's not. Even if you keep your eyes on Jesus all of the time, things around you will be hard sometimes and people will hurt you. Things will hurt you. But he will always be there. And so focus on him. Love him. Focus on your faith, on your growth. Focus on the way forward because I promise you, more than that, God promises you that there is a way forward if you just focus on him. That's all I got. Please stand. It can be a difficult thing to admit that we face storms. Because one of the things that we do, maybe especially in America, maybe especially among Christians, is we like other people to, to believe that we are so strong we have no problems. That nothing ever hurts us, that nothing ever is bad, that everything is good, that, that we serve Christ so everything is perfect. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. It is hard to walk forward and yet there is always a way. No matter what storms you face, no matter how far you have sunk, he will always pick you up and help you. Please trust him. Please bow your heads. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for bringing us together here today. I thank you so much for the confirmation students in this service and in the other services that, that we are honoring today because they honored you. I thank you so much for, for the ministries of this church. I thank you so much for giving me the courage to, to speak for you. I ask that you please help us all, no matter what happens, to focus on you, Lord. Help us to remember that the storms are not punishment, but they are ways for us to learn. They are chances for us to focus even more on you. Help those of us who are sinking to, to throw out, to accept the life raft from you. And to stand up in your name and to show others how strong you are, how good you are. Help us to learn from Peter, to learn from our own mistakes, to learn from others, and to focus on you. Be with us as we go from here. In your names we pray. Amen. You can go.